great to know someone who is good to their word. If they tell you something, then that's what they're going to do. It's always nice to find someone in the business world that treats you that way. The auto mechanic, the plumber, the dentist. Who, when they tell you what they're going to do, that's what they do. We look for those kind of folks because unfortunately most of us have run into some folks that weren't quite that way. The auto mechanic who promised the car would be fixed on Tuesday and now it's next Thursday and there's no end in sight. The plumber that said they fixed that leak, a fact with which you may beg to differ as you're standing in the pool of water in your basement. The dentist that said your appointment would be promptly at 2.30 and you're still sitting in the waiting room at 4 o'clock. We don't like that. If someone tells us something, we want to believe it's true. Folks, this morning I want you to know something. If God tells you, you can know that it's true. What God has said, He will do. And Moses knew that if the Israelites would just remember that, it would save them from a world of problems. And so he gives them this reminder here in Deuteronomy, the seventh chapter. We're going to start reading at verse 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God keeping His covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love Him and keep His commands. But those who hate Him, He will repay to their face by destruction. He will not be slow to repay to their face those who hate Him. Therefore, take care to follow the commands, decrees, and laws I give you today. We can know that God will do just as He has said. We can know that. That God's going to do what He says. Verse 9 is a very straightforward statement of belief. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. This is something we can know. We don't have to sit around figuring this one out. God is God. Now, although that would seem to be obvious, it's something we forget way too often. The nation of Israel certainly did. They worshipped God, and then they begin to add in the worship of some of the false gods of the lands around them, which on its face, when you think about it, that just doesn't make sense. If God is God, there can't be any other gods. That's why God began the Ten Commandments with the reminder. So in Exodus chapter 20, verse 1, God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. That first commandment, when you think about it, it's obvious. God said, I am God. Don't worship anyone else or anything else because they aren't. And now preparing to enter the promised land, God reminds his people of the very same truth. 
The Lord your God is God. Don't forget that one. But it doesn't stop there. God is also the faithful God. He keeps His word. The covenant was His promise, His commitment to the nation of Israel. They could bank on it. They could make plans for the future based upon the covenant promise of God. They could know that God was going to do exactly what He had promised He would do. And it wasn't just them. He would be faithful, God says, to a thousand generations of those who love Him. In other words, His promise, His faithfulness does not have an expiration date. It lasts forever. It does not end. He is always faithful. And that is because His faithfulness is an outgrowth of who God is. God is not faithful because He has to be. God is faithful because that's who God is. The word for love is a word that appears throughout the Old Testament. It's the Hebrew word hesed that is used 245 times throughout the Old Testament. The word is translated in various ways. Sometimes it's translated as love. Sometimes it's translated as steadfast love. Sometimes it's translated as loving kindness. It describes the perfect, merciful love of God. A love we don't deserve. A love we could not possibly earn. God doesn't love us for who we are. He loves us because of who He is. And that means His love never changes. Unfortunately, sometimes we do. God's fairly straightforward about that too. Verse 10 describes the destruction that Israel would bring upon itself if they disobeyed this first commandment. If they forgot that God alone is God. And and Moses uses a very strong word here. He says, you will hate me. Now, hate sounds like a strong word, but we need to understand that is exactly what worshiping something that isn't God is. When we worship something else, something other than the one true God, we are in essence expressing hate to God. Now, we don't see it that way. Israel didn't see it that way. They said, well, what's the big deal? I mean, we're worshiping God. We go to the temple. We bring our sacrifices. And yeah, we do some worshiping on the side to the Baal gods too. But what's the big deal about that? You know, maybe that may be something to that. Now, when you say that out loud, it doesn't make any sense. If God's the one true God, why in the world would they worship anything or anyone else? And why would we worship anything or anyone else? Marsha and I have one of those Keurig coffee makers at home. I don't know if you've seen those. They've been around a while now. A lot of folks have them. 
If you never used one of those, the general idea is you put in this little plastic container thing in this little holder and pull down the lever and about 15 seconds later, you have a freshly brewed cup of coffee. Now, setting aside the fact that I hate coffee, I have another difficulty with our Keurig. On the occasion that I want to make some hot water for some hot chocolate or tea or whatever, I can never seem to choose the right cup size. Now, if you've ever used one of these, you know they've got three selections. There's three little buttons. There's a little small cup, and then there's a kind of a medium-sized cup, and then there's a large cup. And that's supposed to correspond to the kind of cup that you put under the thing that it's going to fill up with whatever it is that you're making. Apparently, we don't have any cups that match those sizes. So typically, I end up with one of two problems. Either the cup is about half full, or I have a very important and quick decision to make. As I'm watching and the cup fills up, fills up a little more, and then it gets to the brim, and the Keurig's still pouring out liquid, I think to myself, well, surely that cup will hold a little bit more. That never works out. I've either got to find another cup really quick or watch that cup overflow. Either way, I just usually yell, hey, Marsha, I'm using the Keurig, and she runs in with a towel. (laughs) When the cup is full, there's nowhere else for the coffee to go except all over the counter. Folks, if God is God, then there is no room to worship anyone or anything else. Deuteronomy 7.10 is not trying to be mean when it says when we worship something else, we are hating God. It's just telling the truth. If we worship anyone or anything else other than the one true God, the only result we can expect is mess. Now, most of us are not going to run home this afternoon and build an idol out in the backyard. But unfortunately, we sometimes make the same mistake. You see, every time we make the determination, I know what God's Word says, I know what God wants, but just this once, I'm going to do this. Get ready for the mess. There's not room in our life for more than one God. Now, the good news is we can know the one true God. We can do His will Because he has given us his will. And that being the case, if we're going to do what God says, we need to know what God has said. So Moses concludes with this very simple word of advice. Here's what he says in verse 11. Therefore, take care to follow the commands, decrees, and laws I give you today. Now remember, in this very large section, Moses is sharing with the people what God gave to him. So when he says these commands and decrees and laws that I'm giving you today, what Moses is saying, these are the things that God gave me, now I'm giving them to you. And in this verse, he says, take care that you do them. There are times when I read the Bible, and I really struggle with finding the meaning. There are some sections of Revelation 
that I just don't fully understand. Now, I know how it all turns out, but some of the details getting to that ending, I just struggle with. I'm not sure what all those locusts are and everything else that Revelation talks about. There are some passages of the Bible that I struggle with. That's okay. The Bible is infinitely deep. The more I learn about the Scripture, the more I realize that I have to learn about the Scripture. The deeper I dig, the more treasure I find. There are passages, however, that you don't need to go to a seminary library and sit down with a hundred commentaries out on the table trying to dig through figuring out what this passage means. And Deuteronomy 7.11 is one of those verses. There's not much to figure out here. God is God. Do what He says. That's the VW translation of that verse. <laughs> now that would be arrogant for somebody to say. You know, if one of us came up and said, Hey, I'm Vaughn. Do what I say. You'd say, Well, what a jerk he is. It'd be arrogant except for the fact that He is God. He has the right to say this. And not only the right, He is right. You can't do better than what God has said. There's some options in life that don't really matter. Or at least they're not all that significant. For example, you can choose Coke or you can choose Pepsi. Now, I realize some people may be Coca-Cola fans, some may be Pepsi fans. You may think one is too sweet or you may think one is more refreshing. But in the end, it's just soda. Pick one and drink it. It doesn't really matter. There are choices in life, however, that matter. You can choose whether or not you want to breathe. Take a nice deep breath and decide, that's it. I'm just not going to breathe anymore. You can be like a two-year-old throwing a tantrum and just hold your breath. Now, if you do that, one of two things is going to happen. Either you're going to finally hit your limit and breathe again, or you're going to pass out, at which time your body is going to say, you really need to breathe now and make you breathe again. You can choose whether or not to breathe, but the reality is, as long as you are alive, you actually don't make that choice. Sooner or later, you're going to breathe. That's what we need to understand about God. You can choose to worship someone else or something else. Or you can choose not to worship at all. Although I would argue if that's the choice that you make, if you choose not to worship at all, really the one you're worshiping is yourself. You said, I'm the only one that's important, so I'm not going to worship anything. Well, that just makes you God. But it doesn't change the truth. It doesn't change the fact that God alone is God. He is God whether you acknowledge Him or not. And the fact of the matter is, it doesn't even change whether or not you will one day acknowledge Him as God. You will. 
Just read the story Jesus told about a rich man and a fellow named Lazarus. It's in Luke chapter 16. Both of those men die at the same time. Lazarus, who has been living for the Lord, goes to be with him in heaven. The rich man, who worshipped his wealth and his money, does not. But immediately, the rich man realizes he was wrong. And he begs that he be allowed to go back and make things right. It's too late. Folks, you're going to worship God one day. One way or the other. The good news is, you get to choose when. And now, is the much better choice. God, you alone are God. There is no other. We might try to fool ourselves into thinking something else is God. We might think that riches or security or popularity is God. We might think that something else or someone else is God, but that doesn't change the fact that you alone are God. So God, help us realize that. Help us to recognize that truth. And to worship you and you alone. God, this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.